Nobody, nobody showed their Steam profiles. Okay, everyone keep those secret now. Is that? Is it, what, are you afraid that people are going to see your profile and then just start beating you at games? No, they're going to judge that's him. That's not the reason, but yeah, <laughs> they're going to the, judge, that gonna judge him for need all to the weird trolled. games that he owns, like yes, Anime Girl dude, does yeah. your taxes. You that's how want that game, legitimately. <laughs> There is some weird games on Steam. There's I didn't a, realize. There's actually like a dating sim where they the anime girl does your taxes. That would okay. that would be a definite plus in the dating sim. I right? mean, you like have it, two, well, we have one day. Tomorrow's the tax deadline, right? So, Ooh. California, we got until October. Oh, they declared a national emergency or something. A national emergency for just being California. Or a federal emergency. I don't. Yeah, for being these floods. They're like, or we're California. We're the know. hardest to manage state. We're just going to give everyone five extra. Months. Oh, Florida <laughs> has entered the chat. Oh, <laughs> okay, you don't have earthquakes. Hey, you don't have earthquakes. Hard- <laughs> you also don't have wildfires. We're the hardest to manage, not have the craziest people. Right? <laughs> so, this- <laughs> so, what makes you so hard to manage then? I mean, the second you cross the border, you get cancer. So there's that. <laughs> which which state? Everything. Everything. In California. Cancer. Yeah. California. You've seen the warnings. <laughs> now I've just got like the black crows hard to handle in my head. Mm. Hey, little thing, let me let you handle because I'm a monster. Oh, that's a good song. Hard to handle it on the surround. Karaoke's the next podcast, John. You came early. We just lost Cameron and DC801. We did. They're here. They're here. We're here. It's not working. They're hiding. This their voice is here. I forgot you did. We're, we're experiencing technical difficulties. Imagine if you were in the audience and you could just join the audio show but not be on video. That's just basically the situation there. Grenades with random gibberish into the stuff. I'd rather, I'd rather it almost be the opposite, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Like if audio or what would you rather, all audio or all video? Like, oh, definitely all audio. It's like the radio yeah. experience. It's like caller seven. What are oh, your yeah. thoughts? We're a completely different camera. <laughs> oh. I love that, that would be logo. pretty cool if we could have a collar. Oh, they're Gale mirroring, I think. Is it a is bong awesome. with the US? I, I, what? <laughs> no, <it's> a, <laughs> you got it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't unsee it. Thank you. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, okay, is it a beaker? Beaker or bong? Beaker. Okay. That's what I thought it was. Why okay. not both? Cameron smiles like. Their, their lawyer has advised them not to answer. Not to I thought it was an Xbox it, controller. It's a vase. All right. right. I told my it's mom it was a vase. What's, what's yeah. this? All right. All right. Ryan, kick out the crooked finger. Let's get going. Hello and welcome to another edition of Black Hills Information Security, talking about news. Uh, we're going to be talking about all kinds of things that are not ransomware today, which I think is awesome. We're going to be talking about did Israel's power system or water systems get hacked? We're going to talk about threat intelligencies and how apparently they're all incompetent because someone leaked something on Discord. We're going to be talking about whether or not it's okay to plug in USB devices. We're going to talk about the 3CX attack. We're going to be talking about what is this uh, good, good guy, God views with data that the government can buy. And we're going to talk about the oh, the USB that came up twice. I am joined today by Ryan, who not only looks good, not only sounds fantastic, but makes us look good and sound fantastic as well. And just overall fantastic, we got Wade joining us from the fifth largest world economy, if it was its own country. We got <laughs> man who took it personally. When Wade said that California had crazy people, and he had to come in as well. It's true. We got please explain. I don't know where please explain came from. That's a name there. 
Just Uh-oh. Google me. Just it's Google fine, me, man. Speaking of being overwhelmed, speaking of being overwhelmed, we have Ian as another Florida man joining us today. And we have a very, very special group of people that are joining the DC 801 group. Thank you very much for joining us, folks. So let's jump right into it. Let's get into the most controversial thing that we can cover today. Are public USB chargers safe? (laughs) (laughs) So we never talked about the original article, but the original article was the FBI put out a warning that said, don't charge your phone in public, but do give it to us at the airport check-in. Um, <laughs> we yeah. have special cubbies. So this is kind of like a it's like a clap back. This is like a response to that original Come thing. Come so the, what is it? The, why are they saying the actual it's a good slate, idea? Cuz it seems the actual like a slate bad article. Idea. The actual slate article just says like yeah, they say it's bad, but not really. Like they just completely kind of rip it apart. <laughs> like they just posted it just to post stuff, you know. The FBI tells us to do stuff every now and then. So it's like they're just trying to get people to click on the article like we are and then read it like we are? Yeah, pretty much. Exactly. So we all got scammed. This may be AI written as well. No. There's so, let's talk about like the technical underpinnings of this garbage. Um so whenever you're looking at direct memory access, according to the DMA standards, and a lot of this was in a tool called, um, how was it, Inception, which was a FireWire tool where you can connect two computers via FireWire to each other. And according to the DMA standards, any FireWire device that you plug in will have unrestricted, unfettered, complete God control of the lower four gigs of memory on a computer system. So there's been lots and lots Good and lots times. of question and debate <laughs> as to whether or not that level of DMA access actually still applies to USB 3.0, Thunderbolt standards, um, Lightning standards, all of those other standards. And the thing that sucks is a lot of people, because they've heard of like inception style attacks of DMA level attacks, they automatically assume that that's the way it is for absolutely everything. And I just came into the show right after teaching, so I haven't had a chance to research it. I don't think that I don't think that USB 3.0 follows the DMA standards for unrestricted access to lower four gigs on operating system. So, no, uh, it does not. They're worried about juice jacking, which sounds like something I would hear at a gym, but apparently yeah. is actually installing malware. Like I'm assuming you like plug your phone and it's like to charge, please install this super legitimate application. Oh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> they could, could have come out with such a cooler name. Bro, there's only Juice two jacking. there's only two phones you can get. You can get the Android or an iOS phone. I know for a fact the current iOS. If you plug Whoa. No. Is it just me? No, no, I thought it was Maybe me it too. Me. It's definitely the no, Florida man. Ralph, your, your, your internet, your five gigabit internet is not fast enough for uh, retrieve. <laughs> How did that happen? She's sending <laughs> uncompressed video. So, it, I mean, the honest truth is, is with this, with modern processors, it's really not a concern. You're not going to get access to memory on any through a USB. The only concern you really have is Thunderbolt. And since Thunderbolt 1 is no longer a thing with Thunderbolt 2 and Thunderbolt 3 and Thunderbolt 4, it's not a problem. I just, it's not really something I would be concerned too much about. I mean, other than you have the attack of a, of a keyboard, right? An emulated keyboard, that can be kind of right. scary. No, that one makes sense, but you would notice some phone. I mean, on your, on your I, I phone, think the but... argument against this is it's alert fatigue. It's like the public needs to be worried about every possible attack. No actual security people are backing this up. No one's like, yeah, they're super right. I totally got hacked from a public cell phone charger. Like, no, 
there's just so much information out there for the FBI to be like, this is what you should care about, grandma. Like, it's just not important. It's just not that big of a deal. So the- well, the one time I grabbed that cable at DEF CON and just plugged it in, you know, some weird stuff <laughs> happened to my phone. But you, how often is that? No, yeah, I do yeah. like how they're just like the tweet from the FBI literally just says attackers have figured out ways. It doesn't give any more information than that. It's just like the attackers have figured out things. Be but- scared. With uh, like it doesn't, it doesn't like, test reports like that. With with yeah. iOS though, it's gonna prompt you to accept that device before you can do anything beyond just charging your iPhone, right? So no, you don't understand. Attackers have figured out things. They're gonna they're gonna the waste a zero day on you, like just some <laughs> random person in the freaking. Okay, cool. Yeah, what? all right. I'm in. I'm in. I got it. All right. Should... So after some very very quick googling, which now makes me an absolute expert in all things. (laughs) It doesn't look like the DMA attacks directly are uh, carried over. Uh, So that's the one thing about it. However, there were Thunderbolt style attacks that you could utilize to actually leverage exploits and vulnerabilities in the design of Intel's chipsets where you could plug in a device and exploit that Thunderbolt chipset. The last one was June 24th, 2021. The name of the tool is Thunderspy is the name of the tool. So it looks to me like this type of attack isn't like a forever day, like the way a standard is written. It's more in line with using it to deliver an exploit and a payload to a system. And like, I think somebody had already joked about it and said it, like the attackers aren't like, you know what we need to do? I I know we just spent millions of dollars on this zero day. We need to put it in this public charging station at Washington Dulles. not how that that's for an omg cable that's attacking the device on the other end right like most of the time you're not like it's it's designed to look like an iphone charger so i can leave it to attack iphones right it's not an omg cable like i i think this is what people that watch mr robot think this device does but it's not like you just buy it and you instantly have root access to anything you plug it into that's not how it works that's how i wrote my iphone it's a 100 dollars. it's literally just basically a rubber ducky that looks like a cable is basically yeah. what it is. It does some cool things. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying oh, it's it does useless. more than a rubber ducky, but it, it, yeah, you're right. It, it's it's like 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 the unified ring of all the awesome things that come out from Hack Five. So mm. here's yeah, another. I, I just interesting yeah, I don't thing know. to think about. You you imagine there's a you can make USB cables that have an Ethernet device on the other end, right? They plug in their their cell phone, and all of a sudden, instead of using the Wi-Fi or the cell phone data that they're used to. They're all of a sudden connected to the Ethernet device that's on the other side of that cable. Both Mac OS, sorry, both iOS and Android will just immediately start using that Ethernet device that's instantly plugged in. And so you can do things like, you know, try and figure out what type of DHCP leases it's listing for. You get Mac addresses, start, mm-hmm. I mean, man in the middle, yeah. right? We had the middle, but with DNS and TLS and all that stuff now being encrypted, it's so like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting attack. I will say the Alex Minster in the, in the chat had an interesting take on it, which is probably the correct take, which is the FBI is just giving a press now so they can call back to it in two months when they have to go public with some corporation that fell for this, (laughs) right? Like, you know, this is like them just paving the way. Like I will say they probably see more than we do. They probably have companies calling them on the daily being like, we got hacked help. So maybe there's some like insight here. Maybe there's a new well, zero day or something. Who knows? But I think that we're back to zero day, right? Like I don't know yeah. of any current technology that's just cots, but you can just download and you can do these types of attacks willy nilly against mobile devices. Um, like we said, if you're looking at the inception style attacks, 
those have been pretty much mitigated by most major operating systems. Thunderbolt style attacks were actually delivering zero day exploits to systems. NSA Cottonmouth, I think is what it was, that actually led into development of the OMG cables from Hack 5. But like something that's so widespread, it's like you have to stop using these things. It's going to, I think it's going to be a zero day. It's going to be something that isn't in the industry that we haven't seen, yeah. quite yet, which I get excited about because it'd be really cool if there was an FBI briefing and they're like, oh, the DMA attacks are back on the table and you can access all the memory of the device and here's how you do it. Right. And someone got really excited in a meeting like, oh, 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 quick to the FBI Twitter account. Don't ever plug in things. I'm hoping <laughs> that's what it is. I get really disappointed <laughs> now when it's just a zero day. It's like, that, oh, it's delivery mechanism. For yeah, I, I will say, John, you're talking about protecting society's most vulnerable people, which are people that can't bring phone chargers with them when they yeah. travel. Yeah. How? Yeah. How can you be that short-sighted? You're like, I'm going to be gone for three days. I shouldn't need to charge my phone or anything. All right. All right. I have the answer. What? I have the answer to this. You when got, you yeah, just yeah, have yeah. the cable, right? And you're in a foreign country and it has the USB plug in, but you don't have the proper wall plug. In. That's on you. It's not that hard. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Like you don't have the foreign <laughs> plug in to plug into the actual thing, but you have USB. But like, that, I have a, there's that would also be my batteries. There's yeah. solar. I mean, bring a yes. solar char- panel and put but it on the airport at this point. When you're traveling international and you're at like an airport for like oh. three day a day or whatever. You just have whatever, to download you know, the fast charge app as Whisper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would guess. I would guess that's really how this is happening is that it's it's like kind of like scammy, fraudy. It's like. Hey, download this app to have your phone charge five percent faster or whatever. And it's just like one of those VPN apps that like, you know, all your get more memory. Yeah. But every time I walk by those charging stations at the airport and I see some poor person sitting there plugged in, like poor unfortunate souls from the little mermaid starts pulling up (laughs) in my head. These poor unfortunate souls. And it's just like, what happened? Like, how far down did you fall for rock bottom to get to the point where you're like oh, i gotta use that and here's my credit card here's my credit card. right yeah yes. i know Gimmer's yeah one green. person one per- D- domox in the chat says insert charging condoms this actually is a thing yeah no you I'm can get no, like right. so, you, it only passes through the five volt charging yeah. connection yeah. Yeah. yeah we gave them away at b-side san diego yeah. And I was like, well, people actually have these? Yeah. <laughs> if, if you're going to bring a condom, you're also bringing a charger. Come on. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I mean, hey, 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 how dare you? This one up here on the It's focusing on your hand. Back it up there, there we go. go. But there there we go. Go. now we got that. So notice I've got a cutout there. So you can see the, the pins, pins are missing. Are missing. Right? That's the core yeah. piece of it. But it also has a chipset on it that basically works as a man in the middle to say, Hey, the thing connected to this can support, you know, higher power charging. So the cheaper ones will actually go through and just all they do is cut the data line. But then what happens is you get like the trickle charging for whatever's safe. If you get one of these in the middle, something like this, it will from this, you know, from the USB side, it will go through and say, no, 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 this one's capable of, you know, higher level charging and then take whatever power that's there. It's yeah. it's almost you know, more like a, a state-based power firewall, if you will. Um, yeah, yeah that, that would be my thing. Like, if, if, if this is something that really concerns you, right, and you think that you are a target of it, that device is five bucks. And it will yeah. anything. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna buy a power bank that's like true, okay. half a pound and never charge anywhere ever again. The that's other thing, okay. The other thing that I'd like to remind everyone is that you already have a power bank. Probably, it's called your laptop. 
It's not mm-hmm. like your 60 watt hour laptop and your battery or your battery in your laptop can't charge your phone like 18 times. Like, I don't know. That's even right. more important that once that again, stays on, all right. Or unfortunate souls. Yeah. So, <laughs> let's move yeah. on. Should we go yep. to Israel? Should we talk about irrigation water controllers being hacked? I love things being <laughs> hacked. That's why I come to the show. I so one of the things I love about the show recently is we haven't had like lots of ransomware stories, which I think is great. Um, so the Jordan Valley water controllers. So I'm guessing that water is kind of a big deal in Israel. And uh, the bunch of farmers missed their schedule irrigation times. And then if you actually went to the water irrigation controllers, they basically were displaying you have been hacked down with Israel, right? And it's definitely, of course, a hacktivist type type thing that's going on. But do you ever feel like we have this one, and then I think there's another one about Florida, uh, the power, the water plants down in Florida. Yeah. Do you ever feel like everyone knows that there's going to be a wide scale attack against like SCADA ICS systems, and every reporter wants to be first to like report yeah. that story? Like this is the one. This is it. They fight. Like this is the one. Um, Oldsmar, Florida. The water treatment plant. We actually talked about this one, right? Yeah. So, but yeah. this is the opposite of what you think. They're saying that it maybe it just it wasn't. Didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, it didn't, it happen. didn't happen. But uh, but what I'm getting at is, it seems like everyone is just waiting with bated breath, waiting for these SCADA ICS power grid water systems, something, uh, sewage systems to get hacked. So it's like a massive story. And I wonder how much of that is driven by, like, if you walk around. I'm not looking forward to going to RSA, just for the record. But I'm going <laughs> to be at RSA to do backdoors and breaches at the Technology Innovation Center. So if you want to come hang out with us, Ian and I will be there with Jason. Mm -hmm. And there's so many vendors out there that are selling security products for OT. And I I keep thinking that all of these people that are investing millions of dollars into this are just praying for some news story somewhere of some OT technology getting hacked so it starts raining dollar bills down on their there, there's there's two ways to look at it one is that it happens all the time and no company knows where their iot assets are so they don't notice that's probably <laughs> the other yeah. uh, the other way to look at it is it's just not that common because there's oftentimes physical limitations or other things that prevent you know safe set points or whatever like um but yeah so in this that, case what what did they end up fixing it did they just have to manually override like what, what actually happened uh, they basically had to just bring it back up and then put in additional security measures to protect it again as well. So I think there, there was that story a while back here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that ahead, is all these water threats can be completely mitigated if we just start, instead of using water, change the supply over to Gatorade. Especially oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my lawn. Especially for the plants. It's what plants crave. It is. It is. It's a fact. A little more seriously, though, I was listening to um, the Telegraph's Ukraine war report the other day, and they were mentioning pointedly that one of the pieces we're finding out of this particular war is that, hey, actually, cyber attacks against infrastructure aren't as big of a deal as we thought. Like, yeah, they shut down Kiev's power grid for several hours in 2014. And like, yeah, we've been able to target and hack railroads and shut those down for like a day or two at a time. But like compared to the big apparatus that is a nation state, it's actually like, oh, OK, well, we'll, we'll rewrite. I would almost we'll no, I'm gonna, I would I would disagree with that. I'm gonna, I want to disagree that because you you go first. Go wait, I'm going to push gently back on as well. Yeah, because so one thing, it's the Ukraine, right? Ukraine isn't it. Ukraine has already been attacked, so they're already hardened. 
first off they already understood what was going to happen but what country does completely. that not apply to well, so yeah what was you but ukraine more than anyone else in the world has had these gnarly cyber attacks from russia so they understood what was going to happen and already had prepared for that well, another thing i would also say they're not as widely as connected as say the u.s and, and also just how big they are they're not that huge as if you were to attack a widespread American network let's, as you would just the tiny let's Ukraine. Take the case in point, what was the upshot of the attack on the Israeli water like structure? Nothing. That one, Are they that still one, out of water or did they get water back? That one definitely looks like hacktivism. Right, what, but but are they still shut down? Are people like desiccating no. or did they get water up and running pretty quickly? They did get water up and running, but I want to push back on your theory and I hate to tell you this, but you're wrong. And I'm going to like explain why, and I'm going to try to do this gently. Whenever you're attacking, whenever you have hot nation state on nation state action, okay, you do not want to bring down the power grid. You do not want to bring down comms, because if you bring down the power grid, if you bring down comms, you're bringing down your number one intelligence source. So if you go back and you look at the Iraqi wars, both of them, uh, more of the second one, part two, than part one. Um, a tremendous amount of power actually stayed up through Iraq and in Baghdad and the communication lines stayed up and were running through Baghdad through a number of the bombings, through a number of the different attacks that were going on. The reason why those things stayed up is because the United States was completely in their communications network. We were able to see where everyone was. We were able to see where Saddam was. We were able to see where his sons were. We were able to see who they were communicating with. We were able to watch technological like, like focal points move from one place to another. And we were using that as an intelligence gathering mechanism. So just because you don't necessarily see a lot of these attacks against power, power grids in modern warfare doesn't mean it's not valuable. It is incredibly valuable. It just means if you shut it down, you're losing a tremendous intelligence resource in shutting that down. Does that make sense? You have other pieces of infrastructure. What about oil refineries, gas pipelines, water purification plants? Like there's more than yes. just power grid. And what we're seeing is that those attacks aren't happening because when they do happen, they're not that effective. And but the again, other reason why you're not seeing them happen. Shut down and then fixed. And the other reason why you're not seeing them happen, being someone who was on the side of nation states doing this type of thing is you don't want to destroy the infrastructure that you're going to be taking over. That is incredibly expensive. So if you're actually planning on taking over specific land and you're planning on taking over real estate, you don't want to go and blow up all the oil and gas pipelines. You don't want to go and blow up all the water treatment plants because as soon as you actually do achieve your specific tactical goals, you then have to pay to put those things back together. Does that make sense? It, it would if Ukraine was the conquering force for sure. I, I think like I do sort of agree that there's not usually heavy consequences for IoT attacks. But as someone in the chat mentioned, like you do have to sort of adjust the needle of, you know, well, what what would move the needle then? Because if it's not a tank driving through your front lawn, it's probably not that big of a deal. Like your data has been breached 50 <laughs> times. We care about this, but it's not like it's going to impact your heart's going to keep beating. Like, I, I guess it's like it, it kind of it's it's reductionist logic it's basically saying like well this doesn't matter all that matters is tactical nukes like it's like well what if we're looking if we're looking at cybersecurity, like it escalates to that point 
Yeah, right? yeah, it's like you you can't just say like, well, because no one died, it doesn't matter. Well, that's like all of cybersecurity. Like I've never published a pen test report that says high high severity finding death possible. Like that's never been a thing. So like you do have to kind of move the needle to put it re- relative to other stuff. So so yeah, and that's one of the things. Like whenever you're whenever you're talking about that escalation, even with tanks, it's easy to say. Have you seen the people in Ukraine? Like Russians are just rolling their tanks down the interstates. And then you see people like on bicycles, biking right by or little cars driving by proves they don't care about tanks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just one of those things that it's a lot more complicated and nuanced than saying cyber doesn't matter as much as tactical or vice versa, because they're all part of the exact same thing. I think it, I think IoT attacks specifically are overhyped, though. I will agree with the agree general with level. Yeah. Like people act like it's this cyber doomsday and like all this big thing, but really it's just another piece of cyber. Yes, like you getting your internet shut off at your company is bad. You getting your water cut off also bad, but not like instant death. Not the same. I think it's the it's the fear of not having power for forty eight hours, right? Like, well, during what is dude, it? Like, move if, to Texas. It happens no, every I, year. No, yeah, and look and looked yeah. exactly what happened to Texas. Like people dying, right? So I I think that's where it stems. At least for me, is that fear that if power goes completely out and the system goes down some way, that if you're in a large metropolitan area, how much does it take to fall into complete chaos? Well, I mean, Austin, yeah, um, I guess, but well, power, dude, yeah. power goes out and people like people survive. Yes, people die, but people also die all the time just from like coconuts or, you know, what, driving <laughs> again, or what pick your thing. As Corey's yeah. trying to say, the only thing that matters is tactical nukes. That's, That's all it. I'm saying. Yeah. If, if it's not a news article that there's a tactical nuke in my mailbox, I don't want to read it. Hey. All right, nuclear command and control gets hacked. Their ICS. Now what? <laughs> I'm out. I'm going home. <laughs> no, I live under a mountain. It's fine. I live at John's house. Yeah. We're good. I live in South Dakota. There's no nukes pointed at Ellsworth Air Force Base or anything. Uh, I live in the between three separate air three three separate okay. bases. I'm this, gone. I'll see you guys later. This gets into. I think that that is a that is a valid thought exercise, right? Where you're saying, okay. You know, if power grid goes down, how long to, before things start unraveling? Well, I think the time of the year matters quite a bit, right? If you looked at Texas, if it goes down this time of the year, it's like people go out and maybe play tennis a little bit more. It's not that big. It's not that hot. It's not that cold. It goes down in the dead of winter. That's a big deal. People die. Same thing whenever you're looking at New York. If you can actually bring the entire power grid down for 48 hours during like a blizzard, that could be catastrophic. Which once again, we're getting into like diehard 4.0 scenarios. Question is, how likely is that? Right? How likely is that? And I know Rob M. Lee could come in and answer this. And maybe we should get Leslie on to kind of answer that question. But I do know that when you talk to some of these people, they get very terrified about the things that they've seen that could have led to catastrophic loss of life. But and even with BHIS, we've gained access to some power grids and things like that where we back off very quickly. But would it even matter? I mean, would that actually move the needle? Do you think if we had some type of catastrophic cyber attack where it wasn't just an attack against a, uh, a, like a water tra- treatment plant in Florida or an irrigation system, if we had something that brought the power down to New York, let's say for 48 hours, do you think it would actually move the needle in cyber? Oh, but, oh but they'd have to do the GridX every year instead of every two years. Yeah. yeah. Here, here's the problem, though. What we would end up with is 
uh, you know, some sort of weird water Patriot Act 3.0. Yeah. It would move a needle, not the one you want moved. But um, yeah. I, I did put a thing into the, the private chat and we can put it into the, the links if, if we want this. Yeah, Ryan's pulling up now this NPR story. Someone asked, or someone that's state affiliated media, by the way. Elon has entered chat. Whole nother conversation. Yeah, Uh, but no. If when 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 you want to say like, how long can people go without power before like core elements of society start to collapse? You need to watch this. There, listen to this this radio story, this documentary. Essentially, it's about a hospital in New Orleans after Katrina and doctors. After about 72 hours of not having power there, generators failing, they were essentially looking at who are we going to allow to die? And in some cases, these doctors were being cited as actively killing people that they knew they would not be able to get out of the higher floors of the hospital. So it takes about 72 hours before the mental capacity in those environments starts to turn to just Lord of the Flies. And... If you listen to that and you don't come out of that with that, that it's about 72 hours before people go, we're going to eat our young. Um, Wait, 72 hours. Have you ever driven in traffic? I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, no. I mean, I'm, I'm just joking. But yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I think it's, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's impactful for sure. I think it's, but it's like, that's how most things are where it's like, it's all fine until it's not. And then it gets really real and we find out where the, you know, how yeah. far down does the rabbit hole go of people acting horrible towards each other. Um, it but. becomes the YouTube comment section in real life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, okay, let's, 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 let that's too depressing. Let's transition. If you do get hacked and your grid gets taken down, you can blame North Korea. Well, oh, well, that's lovely. That's always how, an option. Always an option. I've been blaming them for not doing my taxes for years. Wow. <laughs> How's it working now for you? Uh, well, the IRS just set, keeps sending me these letters that they're going to freeze my passport. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's, <laughs> but yeah, so this is the story is that 3CX blamed North Korea for their supply chain hack. This is of a course large yeah, recent compromise. Which you're gonna three, go big, 3CX right? is like a kind of dark horse VoIP provider, I guess is how I'd describe them. Like, dark horse. So they, they're not, they, they're not Cisco. Yeah. They make like a, um, kind of like a, like a single image for you to kind of run your own VoIP on like your own server, like on-prem. Right. And they sell their software, uh, for that, you know, kind of like a pre-built image, right. As a, is, as is this a, like the Gartner magic quadrant, but if you get hacked by North <laughs> Korea, it means you're at least relevant in some industry. Yes. You're relevant. If you get like, hacked, can by they North put Korea. this, how yeah. can they use this yeah. for marketing? Can they uh, say like, we're so important. We got hacked by North Korea. Yeah. And we defended them. That's sure. get you like, on the map. That's the play. That's, <laughs> try that. They attribute the activity to a cluster named UNC four, seven, three, six, which I'm pretty sure is straight out of halo. It's- <laughs> <laughs> the video I think game. it was like an offshoot of Lazarus. I was like, I Corey, you keep talking like this, uh, you're going to get banned from our Pyongyang. Yeah. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I hear I'm they actually got a, a moderator I, there. No, I'm just kidding. I um, hear they got a fun park there. So, so yeah, park. basically, they, they deployed a backdoor. I mean, it's one of those things where, like, I get why you'd want to announce this, but it's also kind of embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, they just want to be like, it was nation state. Um, so that's, that's true. I guess if it's you think, it's better than like twelve year old. Yeah, that's true. you think we could go to their website and view their clients to see if we could figure out who North Korea actually was going after? Oh, let's do that right now. Yeah, here mm. we go. <laughs> go do some open. Let's 3CX go. clients. 
So Mandiant, <laughs> Mandiant is the one, I guess, who... So, who, uh, John, the, there should be about 600,000 results for that because they, that's what they claim uh, and 12 million active daily users. Yeah, but their best clients are going to have their logos on the website. Yeah, right. All right, Come here on. we, we go. Gotta, Tell me when I need to stop. We have Club Med, Definitely. RBC... Is that like Mall? I don't know what Ooh. that is. Yeah, we're already, I think, RBC, the bank... You, you got to use ones that have. Oh, it's load. a bank. They've already been hacked by North Korea. That's not. No, I, th- I think it was actually uh, cryptocurrency people to tell you. The and truth. then <laughs> uh, we have uh, what is it? Chilise? I don't know where they are. Oh, Neiman oh, College, oh. Woodstock Trading, Mayfield School. Um, Woodstock Trading. The original was better. The Minister Republic of Cyprus Ministry of Health Alliance Healthcare uh, NHS. That's so okay, but that's already oh, been breached like 80 times. So okay, what so okay, here's the question. What are they going after? Is it like they want the software backdoor so they can nah, infect all these no, people? No, no. Or is it crypto companies? They got into Pricewaterhouse Cooper. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. They already had many people oh. that worked there. It's North Korea. For the sake of the lawyers here listening, um Pricewaterhouse Cooper is a customer and Three and this company got hacked, but we—I don't think we have any evidence of. We of, don't have any evidence that Price Waterhouse Coopers. This whole show is for comedic purposes only. Your Honor. Don't, don't, this, this whole entire show is nothing but opinions. Like you shouldn't listen to it at all. Yeah, ever. We allegedly yeah. say this stuff. Allegedly. What? So what's the angle? You're North Korea. You're trying to get into three CX. What? Why? Like, what is There's it? Give a, me the actual like cybersecurity. Give me the write up, Wade. You already. You're gonna read I it. I already did it. I already. I already did. This okay. is old. It's old news. Give we're me kinda, the Kind of going a little late. So pretty much they were just going after. Okay, North Korea. What do they always go after? Money, right? The fund, all their stuff. So they're and big on cryptocurrency. So they're going yeah. after any big cryptocurrency companies and trying to get a backdoor to then ex- exfil out. Or so they're looking for hot keys. Hot keys, they're looking uh, for money, they're looking for anything they can exfiltrate quickly and fund their government because they don't have anything else to fund. Yeah, so. I, I will say this, one of the other interesting attacks that come out of uh, VoIP hacks like that, especially because VoIP servers intrinsically have to have some sort of perimeter access, a lot of places are compromising them just to do robocalls. And I've dealt with it. I was going to say, maybe they're just really oh. sick of setting up PBX because yeah. it's so annoying. Uh, that's exactly what it's it is. It's so hard they're, to set up PBX, you'd rather hack them. No, they're, <laughs> they're also tired of getting the phone calls about your car, your car warranty. Oh, <laughs> yes. They're like, I'm going to take over all these servers and trace them back and figure out who is calling me about my vehicle's extended warranty. Yeah, yeah no, I had to deal with an incident. Uh, I can't say, unfortunately, who or why, but it was an incident where about... I want to say it was like ten or fifteen thousand dollars in long distance charges, like internationally was was charged up because they they popped a box on the edge and and that particular uh, VoIP server, you know, it's not blacklisted. It's not something that uh, anyone would have reported to the FCC for, and and they're not worried about you know getting a do not call list kind of a, a fine because they're using somebody else's server. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's a great way for it's a great way. Was it uh, for was it Miter? What's that? Was it miter? Was it miter? No, I just no. said because that's wait, wait, wait. what's in cuckoo's was egg. That's, that's how, oh, oh. <laughs> was it Tiger was Direct? It <laughs> list Next all the clock. Cl- li- start it at A and list all the companies. American <laughs> Airlines. Wait, no. Um, yeah. So, so okay, that's Jeffy really interesting. Geez. Yeah, it's 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 interesting and it's funny at the same time. I love it, Ian. I don't know. I would like to get some packet captures from the back doors. If anyone has those, hit me up because I'd like to play with it because I like packet captures. Um, let's talk about the leak, the the mm. Discord leak. God, is it really? I, I don't oh, know. I was going to say that. We probably should. Yeah. 
I don't, so, okay. I, don't, yeah. I, I just, this has been really, really difficult for me to listen to for the past few days after the leak came out, right? We know it showed up on Discord on a very, very small, tight-knit group of friends. And one of them actually worked as an airman in the National Guard in Massachusetts, uh, uh, Airman First Class, 21 years old, and was basically trying to prove that he knew what he was talking about by taking initiating transcribing yeah. what was in the uh, classified data. Then he got to the point where he was taking pictures and posting it out on Discord. And a lot of this stuff was like super duper sensitive, like NRO satellite and tracking telemetry, um, which is a big, big, big no-no. Like that's not supposed to be out there. You're not supposed to know what our means and capabilities are. Um, especially whenever it comes to satellites and SIGINT and those types of things. And the thing I, I want to ask you all is, have you been watching the news on this and like the rage of people like, how could the United States government allow this to happen? <laughs> Are they all incompetent? And I don't know, what's, what's your all's take on this? Like, My seems- favorite thing that I've seen so far is one of the ways that they tracked him back. Now, I've got to take on what you said, but I got to get this out. Because one of the ways they figured it out was they were using social media to find them. They were using social media and they, they, they spotted the granite countertop that the photo was taken on. And they spotted other photos on social media of them in their kitchen. And they said these countertops match. And I forget who it was, but they said, so they used counterintelligence. Bam. Got him. Mike drop. Yeah. So, okay. I will say as a taxpayer, I expect zero cybersecurity from the government and I'm not particularly enraged because I expect it. Um, You know, we, we talked about your, you know, everyone's experience working from the government perspective is that there's, you know, if your data gets leaked, there's not much you can do to prevent it. Um, So, so I, I guess like, I think it's, it's a great example of like, Anytime someone tries to sell you this Patriot Act political thing of like, there's bad people that want to hurt the United States out there and they're just well, cooking up new ways to put bombs. <laughs> they're, they're putting bombs in their underpants and their shoes and you got to take off your shoes at the airport now. Meanwhile, it's just some kid being like, yeah, stupid kid doing stupid kid things. That's how this, it works. This, uh, that's, it goes that's back like, to DLP, right? Like with DLP as a blue teamer, if I know if somebody wants that data they're they're going to figure oh, it out. If you try hard, no, we block DLP, USB ports. Like, you can't do it, dude. Oh yeah. Right. Like, oh, <laughs> they'll find some weird website that they're yeah. able to upload it. Next thing you know, there goes like 20 gigs of data that you'd never knew existed. There's a lot or, more, but than DLP though. Yes, there is. But, but so, like, the- so I mean, coming from this community and like knowing how like classified documents get handled, right. There's always someone in the way who could leak this information, right? Every, like, every step. Every step. There's step. always like there's always a possibility that this could happen. And, and you know, but the higher it goes up, the less people end up getting it to touch it, right? Especially when you get into, you know, TS and then SCI, right? And you know, it should be handled even less by less people because you have to have a need to know, right? But these systems are separate from each other. Like they do stuff in the government that we would never do in a corporation because it's just an insane amount extra money to like put separate cables and you know make sure they're five feet apart and stuff like that and like you know put the cables and special trays and stuff. I, it's I can confirm that all the crazy crap that he's saying right now are actually <laughs> in standards like the JFN. 
Great. So continue. You know, anyway, anyways, I'm just saying that, you know, and that all goes away from like, from like a corporate side, we would never do this. Like no one's doing this. And if you saw this, you'd be like, oh my God, where, you know, where do they get this budget from? Anywho. But I was just trying to say though, is that there is a lot of people that can mess this up. There's always going to be someone. What kind of blows my uh, mind about this particular example is that they didn't have speaking every DLP, something to kind of like, encrypt that data which it doesn't really surprise me too much but i would think hopefully at some level like once you get to a certain level of uh information that there should be kind of some kind of encryption because what ended up happening is is that this person had access to this network right and they were just indiscriminately looking for sensitive information in that network right so they were given access <laughs> to it but none of that it was encrypted right so um yeah didn't he print well, it so yeah. all right, and that's, so, that's something that they do. Yeah, I think that's the well, big thing, right? You printed it, walked it out. Weird. They they ask for that, right? They will ask so a for a bit of background though. This particular individual was a computer specialist. Yes. So he had full administrative access to a ton of networking equipment and a ton of the different endpoints. Because look at it like this, like just like Ralph said, they handle things very, very differently, like physically different monitors, physically different computer terminals, different ethernet cables, coloring, all this stuff, right? But he was an administrator in this area. And that means he would have had access to absolutely everything and anything that the people who are working on this data would have had access to. Just yeah. that's how computers work. How did he walk up door with it though? That's what there's people. Are this like, is like the cyber equivalent to like the Kent State shooting. It's like you give a bunch of people that don't know what they're doing a lot more power that they shouldn't have, and then you have like, oh, a 19 year old kid made a bad decision. Why we gave him all this access? Like I don't know. What? It's like you give him a gun. They're like bad things could happen too. Like no, I don't know. It's, and James James nailed it. He said you can't encrypt paper. You're Rumor right. was he was grabbing pre printed documents, and this goes back to Sandy Berger. Yep. Who was smuggling classified documents in his socks out of the <laughs> National Archives because it made him look bad because of 9-11. Like, you're always going to have a way. Like, if you get somebody who is in a classified area, they're always going to be able to get classified data out. I am sorry. There's no way that you're going to reduce that risk to zero. They're going to print it out. They're going to put it in their socks. If you don't allow them to print, they're going to use USB drives. If they're not allowed to use, use USB drives... They're just going to memorize what the things are talking about, and they're just going to talk about it with their friends outside. Yeah. It's 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 mind blowing to me that a lot of the pundits that are talking about this are oversimplifying it to how dare somebody who's only twenty one years old has access <laughs> to data that's this sensitive. That tells me you have never had a clearance in right. your entire life, because there are so many people in the military that are 21, 22 years old who are absolute badasses doing amazing things for their country and to unilaterally be like, well, they're too young. They shouldn't have access is a really bad play. No, you and don't understand. Are, old people can't thousands. leak data. And there are hundreds <laughs> of thousands. Yeah, old people can't leak data. Ooh, that was <laughs> another good one for hundreds that. Hundreds of thousands of people every day with clearances who go in and kick ass, do a great job, and they're not printing out shit and posting it on Discord. So this is more of a CI counterintelligence. And Ralph, I want to get your impression on this. This is more of a CI like going through the poly because he had to be he had to be full scope yeah. uh, for the data that he had. It was not a standard. Um, let me let me explain the difference. So a lot of the polys that you get are just counterintelligence poly. Just it's standard. About polygraphs, by the way, in case anyone's. So it's it's literally they ask you like you spend like a few hours in a poly setup and getting polygraphed and away you go. When you go full scope, 
that's a lot more in depth. And it's going to take usually a couple of days to go through a full scope poly. The level of classification that this particular individual had was in fact full scope poly level data. TSSCI, uh, NRO, SIGINT, like means and methods of collection. Like this is stuff that if you're going to get access to it, you're going to have a full scope poly in order to gain access to it. Um, I, I think that that's where the failure is. Like, however they did the full scope poly, whatever they were doing, whoever did that poly, I would love to see their notes because I'm willing to bet that there were some red flags uh, that were thrown. Ralph, what are your takes on like the poly? Like, I think it's all <laughs> intelligence that failed here. It's not like we need more technical controls. We need more audit compliance. The, the 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 poly and like the granting of this clearance is where yeah I mean I don't know that that's a tough one to say because it's a, obviously it's a it's an in depth process and you know like could you have caught it right there's like and like because I've gone through the process multiple times it's it's just interesting right the whole thing's very interesting I still think I'm kind of more in like the I, I don't I agree with you 100 percent there's no way we're ever going to stop this there's always a possibility for a leak right um in any yep. way shape or form um. And especially in the government, right? And they're going to tighten it up, right? And try to, you know, do the best they can to prevent this from happening because it was kind of a smear on the face, right? Um, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know if, if maybe I, I will so, say there are some things in the article, though. And I'm going to say article, just like news articles that I read, like about some of his affinities and other stuff that you know, um, kind of maybe, maybe would have hinted some red flags, just a little <laughs> bit, possibly. Um, but I'm it, just surprised. It's a little close to home, some of the things. Right? Yeah. Like, I, so the other thing I will say about his age, right? Um, it's just I'm surprised that um, I'm not really, really surprised because, uh, you know, a lot of people just get going in this. I am surprised that, um, you know, he w had was only a reservist and had access to like all these systems that were like doing like more like active duty, like operational stuff. Right. And so I'm just surprised how soon he got access to these things. Right. And that goes to his age. Right. You typically have to be in a little bit longer. Right. To, you know, to to and that just you only started at 18. So I'm really surprised at where he was inside of the military and why they kind of put him in that role in the first place, right? But it could just be demand, right? There's not enough people. There's a yeah. number of people. Takis has some great points on polys, and I want to address that. Uh, so Takis said polys, polygraphs are a scam. We can throw that up. <clears throat> and I want to talk about what polys do well. Polygraphs do not tell you if someone's lying. Like you're absolutely 100% like with that. Polygraphs are an incredibly effective tool and they're not bullshit. And I know that those two things seem in conflict with each other. Okay. So let's start with it on this, right? For polygraphs, they're not going to tell you if you're lying. They will tell you if you're nervous. They will tell you if somebody's uncomfortable, if some kind of subject is actually making them very, very, very mentally off put. That is what a polygraph does. And they are incredibly effective at getting people to talk. Because even if you go through and you're like, well, I can pass a poly and all this, you will have a butt pucker factor whenever they start literally hooking up like these little connectors all over your body and start asking questions. They are an amazing tool to get people to talk. It's merely a psyops tool. It doesn't tell you if it's ever like, you know, you're lying or not, but they do work at actually telling you that this person is very uncomfortable with this particular line of questioning. So they have utility in these specific areas, and they are actually one of the most effective tools that we have in the United States government. As I said, there are literally hundreds of thousands of people that have clearances. And I can tell you as an ISO um, that worked in this space for a long, long, long time, information system security officer, these things work at identifying people who have things like financial troubles, marital troubles, things like that that may be precursors. To eventual problems. And that doesn't mean the government kicks people out if 
you get a gambling addiction or an alcohol addiction, or you're going through a divorce with your wife. What they're trying to identify is they're trying to identify if there's things that you're hiding. And polygraphs work great for that. So understand where polys fit in the grand scheme of things in our counterintelligence arsenal. They are not there to detect if somebody's lying. They are there to make you really, really uncomfortable, detect that you're really, really uncomfortable, and get you to start having conversations. I want to uh, hit... Ralph, go ahead. I, I was going to hit... hit just one little thing. Uh, Austin Jones said 18-year-olds can get uh, TSSEI clearances. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. There's no... You do not... There's like... You don't need to like have a certain time. I, I know I was talking about like being in, but just because you have a clearance does not mean you have a need to know that specific piece of information, right? Um, just Damn. hold on to yep. that. Hold on to that because you don't, just because you have this clearance, right? Everyone just assumes that you, and granted, maybe he had access to this because it was part of his job function and role, right? But just having that clearance does not mean that you can walk up to any of these TSS, uh, SCI stations and just start doing whatever you want, right? Right. Well, well the, the, whoever the, does reports. Uh, so, Ralph, did you actually see some of the pictures of the reports and what they were? No, I, I did. I didn't look at them. No, so and that has, I, I think what they were. I think what they were is all right. So there's these PowerPoint briefings that go out to commanders all over the United States, right, um, and around the world, but they're U.S. commanders, and predominantly these briefs are for U.S. commanders. And all of the different bases and all these different units, you have commanders, base commanders at different places, and they get briefings as far as what is going on from a geopolitical perspective in a variety of different locations in a variety of different areas. I'm not 100% certain, but these look like it came from those briefings. So I don't know if the Massachusetts Air National Guard has a commander who is receiving those briefings. And part of the reason why they give these briefings kind of far and wide is because they want these commanders to be ready. So whenever something does happen, they understand the context around what's actually going on. So whenever we're talking about, well, why did he have access to it? My guess is it was the commander of the specific group that he was a part of had access to that. He was the IT person who was making sure that that person had access to that data, had full admin access to the entire network, had full admin access to the computer. And that's how they did it. Um, that, that's my theory. Just looking at like some of the screenshots, there was a couple of them. As soon as I saw them, like, oh, those are, those are daily commander briefings. Um, as, as soon as I saw those. So, so if people are always like, you know, well, why did he have this? I want you to understand like why you have something that's TSSCI that may be disseminated across a wide variety of different people. It's specifically there so that they understand from a geopolitical perspective what is going on, because at some point in the future, their job being successful may be dependent on them having the context so, of what they're supposed to do. So what do you think uh, Discord's uh, poker face was when they found out that they had it on their oh server? My God. <laughs> so oh I was going to say, whoever's setting up the red team for the U.S. military, I wouldn't use Discord just yeah. as a like just just as a heads up heads if you're up. if you're going to use that if you're going to use that as a potential uh threat actor emulation technique to try to exfil i wouldn't go with it yeah that's a bad one they're going to detect it and then you're going to lose your job i want to take something back here because one as we've heard the people like chattering about like how could this possibly have happened how could what well, do we need more controls da, da, da. i got news for a lot of these folks what played out worked exactly as designed and effectively in the couple days after this hit they immediately found the individual 
they were able to contain them, et cetera. Most security controls around this stuff is, is based like you have to trust somebody at some point. At some yeah. point, Absolutely. they will get the data out. So the question is, is what have you put in place to make sure that you can locate them in the case of reality winner? Because that was mentioned a few times in the chat. What actually got them was that HP printers encode into the actual laser print. Uh, uh, I figure what it's called. It's a dot sequence, constellation sequence or something like that. There are these little dots in it that they can tell where it's been printed from. And this is an anti-counterfeiting thing. So when really high-end printers came out, the U.S. Secret Service said, we need to be able to know if someone prints dollars where it comes from. When they sent it to The Guardian, it was a PDF scanned exactly in, and they were able to see, hey, HP, where'd that printer come from? And I can imagine how the conversation went, because it's like the NSA or the CIA or whoever calling it's like, the print came from inside the building because they were actually <laughs> <laughs> it came yeah. from this serial number in your office. And they can and track it back. And Boom. they can find exactly what floor, who exactly. had access, where that printer Exactly, was. exactly. So it, those types of things exist, and these types of things are going to happen because you have to trust people. The answer, or the answer to the question is, can you find them when the bad thing happens, know the scope of what was released, and then contain it? And from and, what I'm seeing, that happened. And taking it one step further, you see this on the news, and it was on every single news station at right. the exact same time. Um, I think it's falling off fairly quickly right now, but it was on CNN, Fox, it was on MSNBC, on CBS, it was on all of these different news platforms, front page on Drudge, front page on Huffington Post, front page everywhere. And that's actually by design as well. Oh, yeah. And the reason why is just as Ian said, the system played out the way it, way it should. They got this person, they got this person quickly. They publicly uh, perped walked this person. And you, I want you all to know that's intentional because it's letting everyone else who has a clearance know that they will find you. Mm -hmm. And that is absolutely part of all of this because, you know, the, the level of danger associated with this classified information, I can speak to some of it is like, holy crap, that should not be out anywhere. But the reason why it's getting blown up in the media as much as it is, is I honestly believe that this is also part of a good psyops campaign against people who have clearances, not necessarily trying to hurt them or break into their lives, but it is absolutely a reminder. So whenever you have Chelsea Manning going to prison, that is an absolute reminder. When you have Reality Winner going to prison, that is absolutely a reminder. And when you get your clearance, they do bring up the stories of these people and what happened to them as well. They updated their address to Leavenworth. They updated their address. <laughs> 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 Mm. So. All right, who has a non-depressing note to end the show? Hey, Montana bon banned TikTok while I was there. Wait, that was pretty really? cool. Yeah. Wow. Well, really. Just TikTok, not yeah, uh, TikTok. any just other TikTok. app? Yep. Mm. Oh, yeah, just TikTok. I yeah. like that. Also, How exactly do you do this? Like, honestly, so like, if you're, the, if you're the admin that's like, okay, they said they got to ban TikTok, like, Oh, everyone turn off the okay. VPN. So explain how. <laughs> how? Unrelated news. The legislators in Montana clearly don't know how the internet works. Yes. Yes. Wait, I, I, what? Montana is the tech capital of the United States. You take that back. You take that back. Oh my you God. hold your tongue. I, I, I tweeted this out when this, this story broke and, and two things came to mind immediately. This is why I wanted to talk about this on the chat. One, everyone already nailed the first part, which is, you don't know how the internet works if you think you're going to block this. But the, but really, the two things that I think are the most fascinating about this is 
Good job, legislators. You just made TikTok the coolest app amongst teenagers <laughs> <and> rebellious <laughs> folks in Montana. Prohibition works. I don't know what you're talking about. Right. Hey. <laughs> and and two, because of that, holy crap, if you thought the F twelve hackers in Missouri were bad, you wait till a bunch of preteens can't get TikTok. A bunch of cowboys <laughs> in Montana with cowboy keyboards. Yeah. So if you're a preteen in Utah or anyone under eighteen, you are not allowed to use social media at all of any form without your parents' consent. Oh, oh my god. Well, I'm sure they always verify the consent, right? Yeah. Yes, mom's you have to submit yeah. IDs. They they're making you have the to submit wait, do you IDs. actually have to submit yeah. a photo ID? Yes. That's what they're doing. Not yeah, real hard to it. fake starting that. starting next year sometime, so we'll yeah. see. Oh, okay. So this like, is a future a thing. Database so, okay. of everyone who's got thoughts. The obvious like <laughs> upshot of this is, so let's all send our photo IDs to all the social media companies. Great idea. Right. What could possibly <laughs> go wrong? <laughs> Great uh, idea, because obviously the government isn't going to pay to maintain this database. And if they did, it'd be a Microsoft Access database and we'll run out of space in like two weeks. So and how then, long does, I was going to say, how long does this hold? How long until we actually do start getting a fractured internet? Like, not necessarily. Like, maybe it is Utah. Maybe it is Montana. Maybe it is Singapore. How long until we start getting a severely fractured internet where if you're in South Dakota, you got certain apps you can't get in mm -hmm. Kentucky and in New York, they got everything. I mean, what? I, I, okay, my take is that the in the U.S. specifically, the borders are way too porous and the, the, like it's, the funding is not there. It's just never going to happen. There is no like when the government does the calculation of how much it's going to cost to ban TikTok, the voters are going to flip, period. Like this is well, going to go insane because it's going to be like, oh, how much does it cost to ban TikTok? Well, now we need all of our own cell towers because if someone lives near the border and they catch a cell tower from another state, they could get TikTok or uh, like, you know, whatever the whatever the or the the, what's good. Is there, isn't it? Uh, the other funny thing is, I don't know. Netflix. If you try to log into Netflix outside of the United States, mm -hmm. um, let's not use Netflix because you can go through a VPN and blow through Netflix. Uh, Netflix is pretty good sometimes. But YouTube, if you try to go through a VPN, YouTube absolutely nails your geolocation. Right? Well, so, okay. So here's the thing. This would require the, the entity to want to implement this for Montana. That's not going to happen. They're not, they're going to look at the numbers and they're going to say there's 15 kids in Montana. Yep. <laughs> Cut it off. How, like they, how they're not they, going to bother uh, like doing geolocation analysis for Montana and then making sure those users are banned or they have a photo ID. They're just going to be like Montana sucks to be you. We're here on California where we have 50 million users or whatever. Like I'd love to see how, what if you, wait, wait. what if you were enforced it via the, the, the IP providers, the telecommunications, you told them. You can't. No the internet is so porous. Dude, China I, I has all agree, the funding in the like, world and they can't do but it. Th you could go through VPN, but if they just told all the telecoms in their area, like, hey, any traffic routed to this IP space, drop. Again, the telecom's going to say, okay, that's cool. This will take 80,000 man hours to implement. Where's the, who's going to pay? That's exactly what, like, well, I don't know. I don't see it actually playing out. a lot of telco providers like, you know, what is it? Um, West Yellowstone, where they're actually in um, like two states. Oh, so, they're all in. Yeah, they're all in two mm -hmm. states. And they, like, what about cell? Like, oh you live God. in the. Brian Godfrey just said Montana Cowboys using Starlink for TikTok. <laughs> yeah, Starlink. <laughs> Good luck. Every it's just so silly for Montana to think it's totally a political thing that has no teeth. It's like yes. I don't know. It's like California passing a thing that says turtles and plastic are bad or like I, it's just like i don't know i or well, like we're gonna ban california does it like every five years are like we're banning evs and then they just slowly roll it back like and no you, one notices they just keep imagine, saying they're doing it 
and the new version of cops are gonna bust in a house and be like, "You're on TikTok. Get down. Get down. Hold on. Is he flossing? Is he flossing longer than three minutes? This it's not TikTok. It's not TikTok. It's Montana talk. It's the Montana talk. This one's approved. This one's approved. This Montana only talk. All right, everybody. That's it. We got to wrap this up. That's a great way to end it. Hey, this is like the first show I've been on in a long time that we ended on a positive, happy note. We did. That's making fun of Montana. Thank you, Montana. (laughs) Thank you. Our one viewer from Montana is so mad right now. (laughs) All right. Later, everybody. All right. Maybe.